When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Bears fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bears After Dark, powered by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And welcome to Moral Victory Monday night, Greg. What's going (laughs) on, man? That's right. Moral Victory Monday. That's all we've heard all day long. Um, I know some fans take exception to it, but it's it's hard for me to be like – against that idea when you consider how we felt after the Texans game compared to this game. I'm sorry. Beating a crappy Texans team and being lucky in the fact that they even won that game versus, you know, losing, you know, dramatically in a game they really had no business being in when you consider how it looked at halftime. So, yeah, it's definitely a moral victory Monday. I don't care what people think. Um, I'm excited for what we saw and I'm excited to talk about it all tonight and welcome back will you know i missed you last week uh i was panicking when they said all right look you got it will's out you know the internet issues i'm glad you've got it all figured out because i need you will i can't do all Aww. this by no, myself i feel, I feel the you, same you're way much more you. organized than me <laughs> well i know these evening shows are intended to be less organized so it's weird because i'm like I'm preparing for a show that I shouldn't be prepared for <laughs> because of my mind, I'm a, I'm a big like structure guy. So it is mm-hmm. a challenge for me to kind of break free. So I'm like planning and I'm structured to be unstructured, which is like the biggest paradox, but no, you started talking and then I got pissed off, Greg, because we're talking about moral victory Monday. I have that victory Monday shirt that I've been wearing. I've only mm-hmm. got to wear it twice. I was going to wear it and put like some duct tape over it. That moral victory yeah. Monday. And now I'm here and I can't leave the desk. <laughs> it's too late now, but it would have been a great idea just unexecuted. Well, let's hope that there are more, more. I mean, everybody wants wins, right? But if you're realistic about the talent on this team and what Justin Fields has to work with around him and, and some of the competition they're going to play here down the road, I'm sure there's going to be a few more moral victory Mondays. And uh, whether Bears fans like it or not, that's just a reality of where this team is at right now. You know what? Uh, I'll get to where my mindset is in just a few moments, but I just want to let everyone know, like, hey, if you're in the comments, like we're going to be interacting with you all night long. So definitely have questions, comments, concerns, whatever you have, throw it in the chat. I uh, would love to interact with you uh, for the next 90 minutes. And in case you're wondering, hey, what's going on here tonight on Bears After Dark? We have Cody Domendo joined us in 15 minutes or so to share some Monday night football bets. I have a same game parlay that I believe is going to hit. I had two Uh-oh. hit yesterday. 
and I'm feeling really good about this one too. Uh, the Nicholas Moriano is going to join us in about a half hour. And then my former co-host and really a good friend of mine, Mason West mm-hmm. will kind of join us towards the end of the episode. But Mr. Braggs, to kind of start things off, I just want to know like a vibe check. Uh, you seem pretty upbeat considering the loss. Like how you feeling overall now five weeks in? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of gone through a whirlwind of emotions, which is no surprise, right, as Bears fans. Uh, before the, the whole offseason, I told myself a million times, I tweeted it out, I, I took exception to some of the fans that were gassing this team up in ways that I just thought wasn't plausible. And then they had their last preseason game that looked very good. And then that first win against the 49ers, which I predicted, I felt like it was a good spot, regardless of the rain. I just thought it was a good spot. And that kind of threw me off my kilter of the expectations because you're sitting there looking at the Giants and the Texans and the Commanders here coming up this week and potentially teams like the Patriots and Cowboys without their quarterbacks. And you start doing that fan math, as I call it, you know, where you start calculating, okay, we, you know, we can beat these teams. If this team beat that team, we can, we beat this team. We beat the Niners. The Niners beat this team. We can beat that team. And so it, it just kind of threw me off my kilter. Then these last three weeks before Sunday's game were so demoralizing as far as watching Justin Fields and the offense do absolutely nothing and seeing a regression in a lot of ways. Uh, I started to really lower my expectations for not just this season, but the potential of, you know, is Justin Fields the future of this franchise? And I think it's a fair conversation. I know we're a long ways away from the draft, but I I even said it at halftime of this Sunday's game. I'm like, if the Bears have a top three pick, quarterback will be on the table. Franchises very rarely have top three picks. And if they're high on a guy like Bryce Young, whether we like Justin Fields or not, and I love Justin Fields, but – the reality will be quarterbacks on the table. Then all that gets thrown out the window. Justin Fields has an amazing second half where he really shows some great progress. Is it Pro Bowl? You know, no, 200 yards, you know, 48 yards rushing. But still, if you just watch it over again and see how consistent he was, that's what quarterback play looks like. And if he can continue to stack those types of performances, then they will. Ryan Poles, he will give Ryan Poles enough confidence to not be thinking quarterback at all in the first round. And they're definitely still going to have a high pick, more than likely in the top 10, if not in the top five. That's not off the table yet, regardless how Justin Fields plays. But feeling really good, Will, really good, because we needed that as Bears fans. Justin Fields needed that as the quarterback and future of this franchise. And now they need to stack that performance. Luke Getze deserves a lot of credit. He needs to stack the performance he did to put Justin Fields in a good position to make plays by spreading the offense out, going four wide, five wide. We didn't see that before in the in the first four games. So really looking forward to Thursday, and I hope they can just continue to carry this momentum. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling well, and it's interesting. You tied in, I think, the topic that we had two weeks ago tonight about Justin Fields and, like, what should we do about our expectations, and it seemed like you were considering lowering them a bit, which is something that we kind of went back and forth on that Monday night, and, you know, I'm a big proponent. I saw T. Kane actually throw it up 
uh, as well, saying, oh, that was the wrong one, Will. Come on now. Anyway, it is. There it is. All right. He said, keep those expectations low and you'll never be disappointed. And that's what I've been saying for years when I've been podcasting about the Bears, where I try to do that. But the offseason, Greg, gets me every year because I talk myself into higher expectations than really I should. And that's something that I've been kind of working on over the last like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And for me, it felt like I went to like one of those like retreats, like a Buddhist like monastery for a few (laughs) weeks. And I'm coming back like a different person, new perspective. I look at this league as a whole and I just see a lot of parody right now. And if that starts to make me feel better about the Bears too, 16 other teams have the same or the worst or worse record than the Bears. That includes the Rams, Raiders, Browns, Broncos. And when you look at those teams, I remember them being very active in free agency and they spent about $400 million overall, uh, not in terms of like one season, but in terms of like those contracts, more than the Bears this year. And we have the same results. I think that's really interesting to kind of think about that too. Uh, the Bears have spent 179 million. Look at the Rams at number one. This offseason spent 575 million on extensions, trades, free agency. So Ryan Poles, I we know it was deliberate, but I guess I didn't put in perspective like just how like cautious he was. Patrick Scales is the only player that he resigned from the previous regime, and he, they're only one of four teams to spend less than five million on extension. So I don't know. I feel like the bears being where they're at isn't bad considering they have put away less into this product than some of those teams I just mentioned. And yet the results, the wins and losses are right there near the same. The NFL seems really close right now. There's a lot of teams just in the same kind of space and the bears are a part of that space. And for them to be part of that space with not spending any money in free agency, all these one year prove it deals playing mm-hmm. a lot of young guys, some rookies too. I feel really good about what the bears are accomplishing with really not a lot to work with. And uh, when I just look at that too, it's, you know, obviously when I talked about my perspective, Greg, and I think I had the bears, you know, double digit wins, just being super optimistic into the season. I'm at a point, I know it's only five weeks in, but I'm at the point where wins and losses, I'm almost not going to give a shit about them anymore because it's more than that. I've been hearing it, but I don't think I've fully understood it or grasped it right now. Mm -hmm. These rebuilds don't happen overnight. And so if the Bears let a game slip away like they did yesterday, like, honestly, like, so be it. I'm going to sit back, watch, see how they continue to progress. Justin Fields get better. And if they can just show that progress and there's a few diamonds in a rough that come up along the way, I think that's, you know, extra gravy on top of this. And, hey, you know what? It's that's uh, that's just where we need to be right now. I don't want to have my expectations sky high. I don't want to expect they win all these games coming up. I just want to see them play better football than the week before. And I know every week in the NFL is a little bit different, but yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at, which is a little bit different where I've been kind of coming from. I didn't blame fans for doing their fan math and figuring out how they could get to nine, 10 wins. Adam Hogue did it. I, you know, I wouldn't have expected that from Adam, but he had him at nine wins. I, you know, you know, had some different discussions with fans and, Finally, by training camp, I got to seven wins. And normally training camp is where I get to way way too excited (laughs) uh, every year since they started going to Bourbonnais. I just fall in love with whoever's out there. It doesn't matter whether it's Tanner Gentry, Josh Bellamy, Mm -hmm. or if they're the better players like, you know, Devin Hester and Brandon Marshall when he first came here. That was unbelievable to watch that kind of talent. We've never seen that kind of talent at wide receiver. We could use a Brandon Marshall 
right now. Um, certainly what he can do on the field is special. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, but like I said, seven wins, I think they'd be lucky to get to seven wins at this point. You know, I can understand why the fans thought, hey, they had so many winnable games here in September and October, and that could kind of spill their way into November. I was certainly hoping for that because it's more fun to talk about a win than it is about a loss. But if you keep things into perspective, the big picture, uh, you know, and, and, and Justin Fields taking a step, that's that's great. When he plays like he did against the Texans and the Giants and the Packers, that's concerning, you know, and, and when they, when it's like that, like at the halftime, I'm sitting there telling Mark Carmen, like, what are we going to talk about? They're so terrible. They're not scoring. The defense is giving up points like a sieve, you know, it was just so refreshing to see them hang in there, not let go of the rope and, and show some progress. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, yes, you have to keep your expectations low. You know, there's a there's a chance they could only win five or six games. You know, um, it, it, they just don't have enough talent out there in the matchups. It's a matchup driven league week to week, um, and the matchups aren't going to favor them most of the time. Uh, could they surprise and win some games they shouldn't? Absolutely. So um, it's going to be, um, a, you know, an interesting season. And, and to me, the number one thing is obviously going to be Justin Fields. Yes, there are a lot of other players we want to see develop like Kyler Gordon, who I thought played much better yesterday mm-hmm. and, and a lot of different players. Braxton Jones continues to develop as a fifth round rookie left tackle. So there's a lot more than Justin Fields, but you know, if you don't have the quarterback figured out, you ain't, it doesn't matter what you're doing at the end of the day, if you're trying to get to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl, So hopefully they can continue to stack this progress that we saw yesterday from Justin Fields. It's only one week, but it's a step in the right direction, which is more than can be said than the weeks prior. So I like it. There you go. I know like they've shown resiliency most of this season. It's just been the last two weeks, the inability to close, right? Cause they did give themselves chances to win both of these games. Right. They just literally let it slip through their hands, whether it's Bayless, whether it's Smith Marset, they literally just gave that game over to the other team. But you look at the 49ers game, that one's one about resiliency. The Texans win, same exact scenario. The Packers are just the one that kind of got away. But outside of that, every other week, you're seeing this team fight. They're not just giving up. They're not just rolling over. They are putting themselves in a spot. And I think that's a big testament to coaching because, again, the talent is not really there, but they're still able to kind of continue to stay in these games, play their best football late. And that's not a bad thing to kind of see each and every week. One of my favorite quotes of all time is by Herm Edwards. And he said, the difference between a 10 win team and a six win team is about five plays. And you've seen that here with the bears. They're two and three. They could easily be four and one. If they had beaten the giants and Vikings, they could easily be one and four. If they, you know, had lost to the 49ers and the Texans, which they could have easily done. So there's, such a small margin of error in football. That's why most spreads are set at two and a half, three, three and a half. And we'll have Cody coming on here for our points bet segment here in a second. And he knows all about the spread, but that's why it's always so close. Most of the time, no matter the matchup. And I know, I think, I think the bears are home dogs here this Thursday. So that's certainly interesting because the, it's not like the commanders are some great team. So (laughs) uh, I think you might want to hammer that one, but we'll leave Cody to that expertise. But 
yeah, the, it, it's just such a small margin of difference between a win and a loss, a good team and a bad team. And that's why you see so many teams year to year come out of nowhere and surprise. So, you know, keep building in this foundation, keep trying to scratch and claw for wins. And if you don't, it's a win-win for Bears fans. Yes, the Bears players are trying to win every game they play, but if they don't, then we get a high draft pick and we can start putting good talent into this roster and they are talent deficient. So, and if they win games, great. We can celebrate them and have fun on an actual victory Mondays as opposed to moral victory Mondays. Yeah. But again, like 17 teams, Greg are two and three or worse. And the bears we can argue are a handful of plays or less away from four and one. I think that just shows you how close everything is. Like we were just mentioning and really like, where this Bears team could be at, where the potential's at. And for me, like I said, if they win 11 games, awesome. Like, we're going to have a great season to kind of break that down. If it's seven wins, I'm I'm at peace with it. And I think this is going to really help me throughout the season, uh, the lens that I'm going to be, like, looking at this team through. Because if they don't get those wins just because of, like, circumstances like this, then, like, like I said earlier, so be it. Like, as long as they're taking learning opportunities and just showing growth and Justin Fields is showing growth, the guest is a play caller showing growth. This defense, you have young guys like Dominique Robinson, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker stepping up at the end of the day, that's going to be enough to be, you're the, you're, I know you're the brick uh, layer, but like I'm looking at this season as Ryan polls, the off season and the regular season. He just wants to get that foundation in place and that's it. No more, no less. And if he has that with the bears having more than half, or more than double, I should say, cap space and anyone else next season and a potential higher pick. And we know he likes to wheel and deal, make additional picks in the draft, did a great job this year. He can take that foundation and then start putting up all the other pieces needed. And I feel really confident that those foundational pieces could be here in Chicago. And for the rest of the year, that's what I'm looking for. Absolutely. Um, that's, you know, brick by, I say it a million times, <laughs> so I'm a broken record, but it's brick by brick. And that, that that goes for the job site, and that, that applies to football teams. It applies to your life, too. So that's the deepest I'm going to get on tonight's show. You know <laughs> we're going to have a brick-by-brick brick shirt eventually. Like a CHO brick-by-brick. Got it. It's going to happen. Like, I, I more than can see it. Let's get uh, – I it see Cody's here. Oh, that's what we're building here, brick-by-brick. Brick. Cody, let's go. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Like, honestly, it's weird to – lose two yeah. games in a row but come up here smiling and I, I like the shirt by the way thank you yeah 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 it's a good one right um yeah i was just listening i was catching a little bit of the end here before i jumped in and yeah it's weird i mean i guess this is just where expectations are for the bears right where you're taking moral victories i don't like moral victories but i've been doing i did it all all during the baseball season so <laughs> exactly. i guess i'm just used to it so especially in the second um, half right cody yeah yeah, I mean, yeah exactly thing. Eight right. games over five. Cubs are eight games over five runs in the second half. <laughs> they only win 70 some odd games. Okay. They're not a good team, but that those are things you can they're take building, from. momentum. Yeah, they're building momentum for next year. And like I feel like this game that they play with the Vikings is building momentum for the rest of October. I think, you know, you asked me a week ago and I'm like, man, the schedule gets tough. But then after seeing what Fields did yesterday, I'm like, eh, they should beat the commanders on Thursday, right? Like you know, they should. I, they it's should. A week, I mean, it's a week to week league. So that's yeah. what I say. As, as I know it's a short week, feel, but as right, great as we right. feel, you know, the Gatsy needs to continue doing what he's doing. Eberflus, I think, needs to step up a little bit. I'm sure we'll get into that. 
but mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee. You know, Washington's right. going to see what the Bears did on tape and how they changed some of their things offensively, and and we might not have the answer. They got to have the answers. It's a punch counter punch league, so mm-hmm. you know that's the Bears yeah. have to learn to do that, and their coaching staff in particular. Yeah, for Cody, right. like you talked about, like this is where we're at for the Bears in terms of like the lowering those expectations. And honestly, like I said at the top, like they should have been lower uh, to begin with, just talking myself into thing. But really, I think it's like more about perspective about these expectations and how you want to look at it. Are you going to look at it like we'll keep them low because they suck and they're just going to suck? Or is it as we we're talking about before you came on, like building the foundation, getting those pieces in place and just kind of doing the long game here? And I think that's where it's at. And I feel like if fans can adopt that mindset, I think our Sundays will be a little bit more uh, stress-free, our Sunday nights, our Monday evenings right here. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's the framing that we should try to, you know, promote this year, like that narrative, like how you should be looking at this football team, not like, oh, they suck and this coaching staff's not getting it together. They don't have any talent. Brian Poles is a bad GM. Like, that should not be on anyone's mindset right now. It's year one. He's taking a deliberate approach. And I'm just going to have to, you know, take a step back and just let the process kind of do its thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the second half was just, it was night and day in this first half, mm-hmm. second half of that game. Right. And I just felt like they finally let Fields just kind of do his own thing. I feel like they like just kind of were like, kind of let, let go of the leash and just, you know, gave him, let him go make those mistakes like Greg's been preaching for. Like just let him go out there and, and, and grow go through the ups and downs of what he is right now. And, you know, we'll see where we're at at the end of the year. And like, what's awesome is the fact that he, you know, I, I'm not some quarterback guru. I couldn't tell you who's the best quarterback in the league. I mean, if, unless you ask me to rank them and like, just based off the eye test, of course, but like in terms of like watching tape, like I'm, I'm not that guy, but like off my, my eye test watching that game, Justin feels his, he, he didn't have a lot of mistakes in that second half. I mean, he probably should have had a touchdown if Darnell Mooney just makes in another insane catch in the end zone, right? Like, I I just thought that, like, what he did, you you felt like when he was in the huddle in that second half, like, you felt like that entire team was was ready to just, you know, go to war with him. Like, they had so much confidence in him to be able to do whatever it took. And you know, obviously a lot of that comes with the fact that they were able to build some momentum. The running game was going well and they got stops on defense and, and capitalized off them. Right. So you, the more you do it, the more momentum you have, the more you feel good. But I just felt like there were times too, where fields, you know, there was one time the Vikings, they blitzed and he like, it was on his blind side. I want to say coming off the mm-hmm. left side. I know what you're talking and, about. And he rolled out he used the block and rolled out and was able to run for like 15 yards or something. And like, that's just, I feel, I feel like that comes from like just playing. And yeah, like exactly. Able to, being able to read it. Right. Like, again, I'm not some QB guru, but like just watching on TV, you could feel that like some of the mistakes that he's made in the past and some of the things he's been getting cr- criticized for, he did better at in that game. And I, I just feel like at the same time, they let him just be him a little bit they you know they ran more pass plays they, they opened they, it up they opened the playbook up for him right and like it's it was just refreshing like and that's why i'm sitting here and i'm just kind of like whatever i mean i won't lie when when the the ending happened i mean i was pissed and like right a, a little sad and miserable like i normally am every sunday but like you know you sit back and you think about it and you, you're like well 
hopefully they build off this. Like if 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 we go if we go into Thursday and the offense is stagnant again and they can't get anything against this Commanders team, I know the Commanders have a decent defense, but like if it if it goes back to what we've seen in September, then like I'm gonna be really discouraged. But I understand it's a short week, all of that. But like prime time. Like everyone's going to be clowning on this game after what we saw in last Thursday night, Thursday night's game. No one's going to expect that game to be good. What would be awesome is if Justin Fields just went out there and put his name out there on the national scene and said, Hey, I'm actually good. You know what I mean? Like, cause a lot of people were already have been out on him for already. I mean, I, I have receipts in my book parts on Twitter guys. I don't get things right. I, no, you're a hundred percent right. It, I, I had circled the new England game as I hope that was his, it one of his it games as I, as I described them um, because I thought he would go up against Mac Jones on Monday night football at new England. And I was like, man, it would be great if he showed up Mac Jones. Now it doesn't, you know, Mac Jones may or may not play in that game. This is at home. It's on Thursday night football. Prime time, you know, uh, they have a little momentum going. So now I might shift that hope. I mean, obviously, I hope both games are in it game, but this game in particular, being at home with the momentum they have, it would be great if they could carry this momentum and and do something even better than what they did here uh, yesterday and get a win. Yeah. <laughs> that would, yeah. And we'll have a victory Friday. Yeah. Not a moral was, victory Friday. Ooh, what a, there's, what no, a week. there's been – there's been very few primetime wins for the Bears in recent years. And, like, I do remember there's a few Thursday night ones in there that they won, and you went to a weekend with the Bears victory. I mean, it was, it's hard to have a better feeling, man. No, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, that would just that gets you, like, in those Friday feels right away, and then that can absolutely. carry over throughout the entire weekend. <laughs> no, you mentioned, like, the you know, a potential touchdown that he could have had to Mooney in that second half. There's actually a first half throw, second and 11, that he threw it to Mooney in the end zone, too, and it was just a little bit out in front. But that was another potential touchdown, and, of course, the one that got called back on the ground, which was such an impressive run. Like, I listened to the game yesterday. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, don't mm-hmm. even get me started about that play. That was – I. I'm not even mad at the guy who got the flag on. I thought that was just a bad, a black, a bad call. Honestly, yeah. I, I had to wait until today because I did not see it yesterday. But I agree, it wasn't the best one at all. But just seeing it and like watching, because I heard what Justin did and I listened to you guys last night. But to actually see it and know what's kind of coming, like it felt really, really good. He talked about the pressure he evaded. You know how many times he's gotten clobbered off those plays in his career so far? Like absolutely obliterated, but he felt yeah. the pressure and evaded. And that's, like you said, Cody, it comes from experience. We have to remember like he hasn't even had a full season of games still, and that's just what is going to happen the more he can play. And if he's already taken that leap, from you know just a few weeks ago where he would have just gotten destroyed in the back, I know we saw that against the Giants too. Again, those are great stepping stones, but I actually want to kind of pause on this because we have a game coming up here tonight and starting <laughs> soon, and I want people yeah, to get some money tonight. And I have yeah. a same game parlay that's going to win people money. I won $200 yesterday on my two same game uh, same game parlays I did yesterday, so I'm feeling good about nice. that. So I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Thank you. It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. good stuff, but I'm feeling good about this one tonight, and I'll let the expert go first because then you can tear <laughs> me down when I'm done. Okay. Well, I, I had a great week last week. This week, college football and NFL combined, I, I went pretty even, honestly. But uh, I'd rather go even than lose money, right? Um, but I'll just start off with um, taking Raiders plus seven tonight. I think this is too many points. The Raiders always play up to task with the Chiefs in recent years, at least, under Derek Carr. 
Um, they're a one and three. This is kind of like a must-win game for them, right? Like, I think a lot of people are already out on them, thinking they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're in the toughest division in football. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but you know, for their te- for their for their sake, they're going to go out there on prime time and try and put up a at least a good game. I think. I think they can. I think they can lose by a touchdown. <laughs> I think they can lose and cover a touchdown. Um, you want to bet the money line? I mean, again, they've they've won at Arrowhead in recent years. I, I don't. I'm not against it. I'm not doing it, but I ain't against it. Um, so I'll, again, taking Raiders plus seven. Um, also, I mean, I hate it, but I'm sticking with the trend. I've said it every show I've gone here. Taking the under, man. The under is like ten and three in po- in prime time, and uh, it hit again last night. And last night, the public was all over the over because it was Ravens and Bengals, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and the under was never a doubt that entire game. I don't know what it is, what it has been about prime time this year, but I have no. And nothing behind it. I mean, you look at these two teams and you you just assume there's going to be points. It's fit. I got it at 52. It's down to 51 and a half on points. But again, I'm I'm just taking it because it's it's been hitting. Like I keep winning money off doing just following the trend, and I I can't stop. All right. So I I'd love to see a great game, but and, and maybe we still get a great game in the under hits. I we'll see. But uh, I will say 52 points for an NFL game. Is a lot of points, especially on a primetime game. So mm-hmm. just take that with what you will. Um, so those are like the two main plays I have. I, I have a few props here. I'm feeling really high about uh, Isaiah Pachenko. I think it's how you say his name. He's the RB2 for the Chiefs. He had like 10 carries for 60-some yards last week. That was kind of like his best game as a rookie. Um, his rushing prop was 25 and a half yards today. Um, you know, I – I think that he's going to have a bigger role as the season goes along. And he had a great week last week. So 25 and a half yards, kind of like it. You can get him. I I took him on a touchdown too, at plus 240, just because, uh, you know, that Chiefs team, it's so hard. Unless your name is Kelsey, it's so hard to tell who's going to be scoring touchdowns for them most Mm -hmm. of the time. So it's kind of like a, it's like my one, like, you know, Hail Mary is, is him to score. It's a good um, yeah. one. Uh, my friend Johnny B, um, he's a uh, diehard Chiefs fan, and he flies to every home game, or he drives to every home game. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Chiefs season ticket already lives around here in the region um, in Indiana, so it's a long drive for him, and he does it every home game. He drafted the backup running back. How do you say his name again, Cody? Pachanko? Yeah, I think yeah. that's how you pronounce it. And yeah. he drafted him, and we were all, he always is drafting Chiefs. Obviously, they're good, so it's not a terrible Makes idea sense. in fantasy football. <laughs> but he drafted a backup running back at the back end of the draft. We're like, come on, Johnny B. But I knew he was up to something. He always has yeah. a good beat on the team. So I'm with you there. He's going to continue to get a bigger role. And in 25 yards, that's pretty easy. I, yeah. I, I think that's going to hit, Cody. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I like the rushing prop, and I, I, you know, if he scores, if he doesn't score, whatever. But I, yeah, plus two forty, I like it. Um, I have two more, and I, I have really, I feel really good about him. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster over four and a half receptions. He's had, he's gone over that total in three of the four games uh, that the Chiefs have played this year. So I feel like, again, I, no one passes the ball more than the Chiefs. So like, he's gonna, I think he's gonna get the targets at least, and uh, I got it at. Minus 105, so basically almost uh, even money. So I, I I like the odds on that, so that's why I took it. And then it, this is on points bet. Um, they had a prop for Travis Kelsey over 39 and a half receiving yards and to score a touchdown at minus 115. 
Um, just for him to score a touchdown was at like minus 125. So if I can get him to go to get half the yards that his receiving receiving prop is and to score at minus 115, I just felt like that was better odds than taking the touchdown prop or even like his his receiving prop, which was at 75 and a half. So um I think he's gonna hit that receiving total pretty easily. But will he score? I don't know. But like I just said. It's pretty hard to tell who's going to score for the Chiefs a lot of times, unless your last name's Kelsey. So mm-hmm. I, I think it was – it's not plus money. And, I, you know, if you watch, if you watch uh, CH, CH Show Bets Daily, like we love plus money. We love chasing the plus money. But at minus 115, it's not a bad bet. If you're just trying to win one tonight, I think that's one that you can just be like, I'm just, try, I'm just, I'm just happy to win one at the end of the night with that one. Perfect. No, those sound really good. I, I know we're running really, really lean here. So I got to get to this same game parlay, which comes out. It's a five leg plus 900 same game parlay. Uh, so here it goes. I'll, I'll go kind of slowish so you can kind of keep up. If you open up the points bet app, you can play along here with me. Uh, but the first wow. leg is going to be Patrick Mahomes to get 250 or more passing. He has 249 or more in three or four games this year. His lowest was only 235. So 250 against his Raiders defense feeling really good. He had 249 last week against a Bucks defense that's allowing less than 200 yards per game. The Raiders around 255. I just feel like this is an easy one for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I have Josh Jacobs going over 16 and a half rushing. He has 57 or more in every single game. You can run a little bit on this Chiefs defense. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire over 65 and a half rushing and receiving combined. Uh, he has reached this mark and then some every single week besides that weird game against the Colts where the Chiefs just didn't show up to play and ended up losing. But outside of that, he's had more than that by a long shot. Uh, Devontae Adams, anytime touchdown scorer. He scored a touchdown in all but one game, uh, which came last week. So, hey, he's going to bounce back. Uh, the Chiefs also lead the league in passing touchdowns surrendered each and every week. So I feel like if the... Raiders are going to score through the air. It's probably going to be Devontae Adams. Like I know you're talking about the Chiefs. It's like everybody plus Kelsey. I feel like with the Raiders, it's Adams and then everybody else. Uh, And then the last leg here for me is uh, Travis Kelsey to get 50 or more uh, receiving. This has happened every single week this year. He's had 51 or more yards receiving. And the Raiders' weakness on that defense, what I've noticed is their safety. So he should have a lot of favorable matchups. He's seeing at least seven or more targets every single week. So Kelsey to get 50 like come on oh, that's gonna happen so all of those seem really doable and a five-legger that gets you plus 900 and you better believe I'm not just saying it I did it myself too uh, so if you like it hop on the train you got 16 minutes I know those you can still do the same game parlay live but you know the odds change as that game goes I just placed it will let's ride Oh, <laughs> now I get nervous because I actually. You told me you told me you won two parlays yesterday. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on I'm gonna jump on the hot streak here. I, let's, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> He's it. going with you, the hot hand. Love yeah, it. I'm glad hand. I did. You, go, go ahead. Well, no, no, you're good. Yeah, I was just gonna say you could fade me because I'm not hitting on anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Cody or Greg? Do you have a bet here, real quick? I, you, you know, I almost hit on the three leg parlay yesterday. I told people it was a plus eleven hundred for David Montgomery, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook to score a touchdown. Montgomery and Dalvin got in the end zone. Thielen did not. He did get targeted in the end zone, so we almost hit on that. Would have been the first thing I've hit on. I keep going after the Kari Blazin game prop because I'm convinced it's going to hit one of these <laughs> days. And it's it's a, it's a juicy one. Like Cody said, you're chasing the plus money. So I'm just going to continue to do that. 
and we have a three leg parlay tonight that I got my eye on. We got we got either Travis Kelsey, Juju, and Devontae Adams, but the one I like more, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Juju Smith, Schuster, and Devontae Adams plus eleven hundred. Uh, you know the Chiefs move up and down the field. You're going to have mo- more than a few opportunities for the running back and Juju to get in the end zone. As Cody mentioned, Juju is getting a lot of targets. So, uh, you know, that's something that you can bank on. He's going to get at least a few in the red zone. And then Devontae Adams, we all know what he's capable of. And I know the Raiders are going to be trying to find him early and often. So plus 1,100. And uh, Will, aren't you a big Jesper Horstead guy? Am I mistaken in that? Yeah, he still has a place in my heart. Weren't you known for being the Jesper Horstead guy? Because we do have a, for, a few former Bears on here. He's plus 1,100 for an anytime touchdown today. So maybe you, in honor of your love for Jesper, should put down uh, you know 10 shekels on that. And then Mike Burton. Michael Burton, if you remember the fullback, if I stick with my fullback props, he's at plus 1,500. But he has no chance of getting in the end zone. And I know when I say that, that's right when he's going to get a fullback dive here on the first drive of the game. So those are the two former bears, but I wanted to let you know how where Jesper Horstead's money line is coming in. So you could maybe throw some down on your, on your guy. I may, I, or I may not. <laughs> <laughs> no, just fade, just fade me. Okay. Chad, we're just, you know, Cody's the expert fade the hell out of me until I figure this out. <laughs> But hey, you know, Jesper Horse says scoring against, you know, Nagy and the other sidelines would be kind of fun, right? Exactly. Like, That's what I'm saying. The, yeah. you know, the football mm. gods are coming together. Whoa. <laughs> um, is- bef- before I get out of here, uh, I want to bring up that I did take Justin Fields over or 200 plus passing yards on Sunday, which was at like plus like 230 or 240 mm-hmm. and he hit it on that last pass that he made i'm pretty sure um all i'm saying is is that the market is very low on him like the week before i took him to get 150 and he went over it that day so like i'm very interested to see what the player props for him are they have i'm on points by right now and like they don't have the player props out for the thursday night football game mm-hmm. so i'm just saying like and pay attention to it and two weeks in a row, he's hit the mm-hmm. passing total yes. that they put on. Yeah. And, and two yeah. weeks ago against the Giants, it was the lowest over-under for a passing total ever for any quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Like you right. said, the market's really low. Cody, real quick, what did you – What do you? Uh, they, the Bears are home dogs, correct, against a one-win team. They uh, are right now, yeah. What are your it's thoughts on that? Pretty even, minus 107 on the money line. Uh, I, I, already, I think I pretty much confirmed it, man. Like, they – they have like I they, they can't lose the commanders. I know commanders, <laughs> commanders are like oh, they're very much like in like desperation <laughs> mode, but like I don't know. I just feel good about the Bears offense right now. And like uh, you know, we're hoping that they build off it. And I thought the defense played a lot better in the second half. I know it's the Ron Rivera revenge game, but like, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 off op- I hate it. I hate that I am, guys, but I'm I'm feeling optimistic about going into that game. Uh, man, that over under a total of 38 and a half is disgusting. I just, <laughs> I am, I am just praying. I am praying that the game is not nearly as bad as that Broncos, uh, and, uh, whoever the hell they played. I forgot who they played already, but that last Thursday night game was awful. It was far and away the worst primetime game of the year. I just hope that this game is 
at least a little bit better than that. <laughs> God, so, please, for the love of God, I, I really, <laughs> really hope so. I don't want to even be on that kind of level. Cody, it's been real. Thanks for hopping on, sharing some bets here this evening. Uh, you always do a great job with them, and I, I love learning more about some strategies along the way. Actually, I actually had one more question before you go. So when you are going through it and there's like a, like say there's like a money line, like set or like the over under set yeah. and you like either you choose like an alternate that's higher or lower. What's that called again? Use the term one. An alternate spread. Or yeah. Well, like if, like if you're moving it, so like say it's like a plus seven, but instead, like, and so you want to move it to like plus 14 to give yourself like more padding. Is there like a term for that? That's just an alternate spread. Or, oh, okay. And if you did it about the total, it's just an alternate total. I think that's what I've always called it. So Okay. I, d- I didn't know if yeah. it was like hedging or teasing or I was like thinking about it earlier. Like, I feel like there should be a term for it because I like to do that to give myself some margin of error uh, a little bit when I do see those opportunities and some parlays. But okay. I'm, I'm learning along the way too. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I wasn't perfect at this. I'm still not perfect at this. It's I, It's been year, a few years of experience doing it. It's a lot of fun. Gives you a reason to watch all the games. Um, maybe not the best reason, but if you're good at it, then you can keep doing it. So yeah. that's that's the way I look at it. <laughs> Some people are calling it teasing in the chat. Maybe I didn't hear it somewhere. We'll see. I see Kevin said sub dudes, which I believe is, that means, Cody, you should go so I can do an ad read real quick uh, if I had a guess. Right, guys. But, it's been real. Later on. All right. Later, Cody. Bye, guys. See you. Uh, uh, tell Nick that uh, ILL. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll have Nick on in just like literally a minute before he hops out. Oh, that's right. I... They beat Iowa. I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You, you get you got that? <laughs> I, I just – I hear ILL and I get into my basketball rivalries, but that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Real quick. Uh, this football season points bet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out on your live second half over bet with points, bet you have access to more live football markets than ever before built the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with PointsBet Lightning Bets. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And I added Nick to the stream just in time because, hey, buddy, it's nice to see you. You have a message for everyone else, too. Yeah, where's Cody at? ILL man, that game was so bad. Iowa, Illinois. Uh, I'm glad I was uh, drinking while watching that, so I'd have to actually uh, really indulge in it. But yes, I do have to tell everybody about game time, and I just have to ask all of our listeners and all of our viewers a couple of questions. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? Fifty yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the game time app. The biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets, so definitely go check out the app, download it on your phone, and just browse around. You're going to find a good deal regardless of what you're you're looking at there. And if you love CHGO, then you'll just love the Game Time app as well. The best way to support us is buying your tickets through the link in the description below. So join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. 
Sweet. This is the CHO Bears After Dark. Nicholas Moriano now joins us. And Nick, I just want to say hello, because apparently it's an all caps kind of day for us, huh? I guess so. Uh, I needed to bring some energy. Like, I am wiped out right now. But, you know, being on this show, I always get, like, lifted. Like, I'm, I'm back. Let's ready to go talk some bears. Talk whatever, honestly. Uh, hang out with you guys. But, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a long day. And, like, with the short condensed week, it's a long day for, for everybody covering the bears and, obviously, the bears themselves. Yeah, I'm getting ready for our Wednesday afternoon show, our weekly game preview. Started some of that already here today, but you've had a like a long few days. Like you went to Minnesota, you got to cover the game. I just want to know like how'd the trip go? I know you love that stadium. You've been there a few times. How was it? Yeah, Minnesota's always a great time. Um, you know, just the stadium itself. We were talking about that a little bit uh, on the post game show yesterday, but stay the art, US Bank Stadium should be the blueprint of what you're kind of looking for if you want to do something right in Arlington Heights when that does happen. I know Mark Carmen will fight back on that, but it's for another time. But Nobody that is such yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh but it's 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 just it's it's such a great venue. It's in the middle of the city. There's public transportation that can get you to the stadium really accessible. And then the who it was um today it was it was Nicholas Morrow. I believe that, or no, David Montgomery who mentioned like the competitive advantage they have because of how loud it is in that stadium. And guys, like when it's third down and you're an opposing offense, like I, if there's a false start, if like there's miscommunication, I get it because it is deafening when you're there. And what's cool about the press box, you're not behind glass or anything like it is at Soldier Field. You could hear all of that. And the horns that, that, you know, that go off in the stadium, just the cheering, it's, it's electric. And like they're opening to start off the game. Like obviously, you know, bears, bears guy here, but like you get chills. Like if you're a fan who's watching that, you know, that's gotta be a really cool experience. So when I envision like what it could be for the bears, that's, that's what I, you know, would think would be a nice blueprint and the bears obviously travel there once once a year and get to see what that's like and if they want to get it right just look what they're doing in minnesota they're doing a pretty damn good job at it nick you're encouraging me next time i make it to the press box with you i want to crank open the window a little bit because i've been it's sterile like you said it's Mm -hmm. like it's muted and it's hard to i don't know feel like you're at the game because you're like it's just muffed like you hear like that's like about it yeah it is it's definitely different you guys being and you know there's there are some perks to that obviously if it's you know bad weather whatever it may be but like it it is cool being a part of it um vegas also has the same thing where there is no glass you're you're feel like you could feel the energy that's going on in the building the mm-hmm. the turns in the game whatever it may be but yeah that's how ideally you know i would want the press box to be in you know the new bears stadium and it's a huge it's, element it's for- in the it's a huge element in the game even for the people covering it i mean we saw this when the when covid happened and there were no fans in the stands how mm-hmm. many times players said you know that energy was missed because they feed off of that and for you guys that are covering the game in the press box to me it would only help you to feel the gravity of each moment as mm-hmm. it builds properly with that intensity surrounding you as opposed to like will said in a sterile environment like they do at soldier or field so hopefully when they move inevitably to arlington heights carm mark carmen 
uh, <laughs> that you guys get some better amenities so uh, we can all, you know, you, get better coverage. You can open the window. Like there's a little crank thing and really? you can like barely, you can barely open it, <laughs> but it'll bring in noise. I just don't know if the working environment wouldn't want that because what they're typically used to. But I think mm-hmm. Nick and I went to a game last year in the box and someone had it open. And I, I that's why I've been wondering if I should do it uh, myself. Nick, any like funny or interesting stories from your time, whether it be your travels or at the stadium press? Try the juicy Lucy. Food? Okay, here we go. Got some. I thought that one was a beer um, and I have had the juicy <laughs> Lucy before. Uh, I've been to Minnesota a couple times and yes, I have. It was probably like three or four years ago. I don't remember how, if it was good or not, but I definitely have had one. And the only reason why I thought it was a beer, cause a bunch of the beat beat guys went to a place called the loon and there's a beer on there. And that's why I thought it was a beer called the loon juice. I'm like, wait, I think I remember <laughs> oh. seeing that on the menu. And then, you know, Mark makes fun of me for, because a burger and I'm in completely in the same realm. Uh, but the only, I guess, okay, so when we were there, we had a table, there was eight of us, and I had two different groups of people come up to me and say, hey, Nick, Nick, can we get a picture with you? And Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times was like, oh, oh, look at this, like, you know, superstar over here. Like, uh, I'm like, I, you know, like, some were Iowa fans, and they were going through the same pain I was watching the Iowa-Illinois game, so they wanted a picture before they left. Then two um, guys came up that were CHGO fans and started watching the Hogan Johns show and now, you know, also watched us and, and love the content that we're creating. So I got, you know, they took some pictures or whatever. And then when I was actually leaving to go meet up with a buddy at another bar, like Patrick Finney was like, oh, okay. Yeah, now now we won't get bothered by strangers anymore. Nick's leaving. So that's a good thing. I'm like, whatever. But it, I mean, that's like the only thing that I was able to do before, obviously, Sunday's game. But it was just nice hanging out, watching some football. Uh, Patrick Finley's a, a Padres fan, so we got to see uh, them lose that night. But it was just a nice, calming experience before, you know, the, the title, the ups and downs of, of Sunday's game, which we all, you know, have talked about and experienced uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's, you- you're, a, you're a Marvel guy, right, Nick? Yes, yes. You know, so the scene where they ask the incredible Hulk to take a picture with him. And Ant-Man's like, uh, you want a picture with me too? You know, I mean, come on. I'm and that, that was Finley there. He was, he just, exactly. Was, he, he wanted a picture too. <laughs> Nick at the top of the show, we kind of did like a vibe check in just terms of like how you're feeling about the team uh, right now after five weeks. And maybe is like your perspective changing a bit because like for me, I haven't been on as much with my internet problems. And I, like I was telling Greg, like, I feel like a new person. Like I, I'm seeing this team with a whole different lens and it's going to keep, I think it a little bit more stress-free for me. And I, I think keeping my eyes where it's they are intended to be and where they should be this year. But how are you feeling right now? Honestly, that, so yesterday's loss is what we wanted to see all season, you guys, because Justin Fields performed, especially in that second half, how he was operating the offense, how comfortable he looked. He had time to throw. He was making plays when the offensive line gave him time. And when he didn't, he made plays with his legs. So even though the Bears lost, yes, 29 to 22, dropped a two and three on the season, it's a it definitely is a moral victory. I know that's what a lot of the consensus is from, you know, people. And because you're seeing what it ultimately is the most important thing. So you know, prior to yesterday's game, it was pretty down, Will. Like we were seeing the team not 
really function correctly. There was dysfunction on offense, defense, and you just saw nothing that could be carried over to next season. And then yesterday's game happened, and Justin Fields does what he does and almost leads a comeback against the Minnesota Vikings in hostile territory. Like that makes me feel better about the Bears right now. Now we need to see it consistently. Like I was talking to Herb Howard before um, Matt Eberflus came up to the podium today. We're like, we just need the rest of the season to be like that. He doesn't have to light up every single team. But man, if he looks, there's like sparks and he's the reason why they're in games. We will take that as a, as a uh, people covering the team. I think fans would take it. Obviously you want to see wins come with those performances. But if you see Justin performing, progressing in different areas of his game, it's hard not to be happy with that. Man, Mr. Howard actually took a question I was going to ask you next because you mentioned like what Fields is giving. But like, say yesterday is near the ceiling for this season, just near it. And he doesn't take this game much higher, but that's the kind of play we see every week. Is that enough to make you feel good entering year three, knowing he's going to get more weapons next year? If like, if this is about it. Well, that's, that's a good question. Will because I think, could he have, were there plays that were left on the field? Yeah, I think so. When you, I asked Matt Eberflus today, the second and 10 play on the very first drive of the game where uh, Fields doesn't connect with Darnell Mooney, right? He, they, they have a misconnection. They, one person thought they were supposed to be wired and it didn't work out, but Fields actually hit some three drives later on the one-handed catch, the same exact play. So you saw an in-game correction to the mistake that was made three drives early. That's, that's good. That's progress right there. That's what, exactly what you want to see from Fields. And then obviously just the comfortability that he had. Like if he plays like that, then, you know, you do see, I think, some more victories. So, um, but to answer your question, Will, obviously you just want to continue to see the poise in the pocket and decision-making continue to take a step just to where he's not creating turnovers either. That was another big thing in yesterday's game. Not a single turnover from Justin Fields. He got close to that fumble at the end, but if he can continue to do that, then I think you feel good about Fields going into what would be his, his third season. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm, um, the last three games, I was worried. Halftime, I was worried. I'm sitting there thinking about this team could be picking in the top three, but um, yes, you'll take how he played. I, I only even push back with people about how he played in the first half. They had four series in the first half. The first drive, they got a field goal. The last drive of the half, they got a touchdown. The two drives in between, the first snap on the second drive, Sam Mustaver have has a snap go off Justin Fields' chest. Mm-hmm. And then the third drive, Justin Fields throws for a first down, and Dante Pettis drops it. Now, there would have been a holding penalty that would have negated it, but that just goes to show you not just Pettis drops it, but Mustaver has a hold. So these are the things that Justin Fields has is working around. That's not on Justin himself. He made the throw. It did. They didn't catch it, and Melsifer's holding this guy. But Justin himself is making the play. He's doing everything in this game. Has he made mistakes in the first four games? Absolutely. In this game, he threw it 21 times, and I think only one pass was ill-advised where he almost threw a pick six to Darnell Mooney um, you know, early in the game. Aside from that, he was on point. Second half, I don't think he made one mistake from my eyes, you know. So 
Uh, and I rewatched it last night. I was thoroughly impressed with Justin Fields. And no, the numbers aren't going to show like what Patrick Mahomes does on a weekly basis. Patrick Mahomes also isn't throwing to Dante Pettis with Sam Mustafer blocking for him. So you have to take all of that into context when you're critiquing Justin Fields. And we will critique him fairly. But on a day like yesterday, if he can continue to stack those kind of days, Ryan Poles isn't going to be thinking about quarterback at all this offseason if he can continue to stack days like yesterday. All right. I actually want to just put it all on the table because the premise of today's episode or tonight's episode is, is this a turning point for Justin Fields? I'm curious to both of you guys. I don't care who jumps in first, but are you looking at the last two weeks and do you believe we'll look back at them in a couple months and say, like, this was the turning point for Fields? You hope so. Um, I think that's it's the hope when you're looking at how he's kind of, again, starting to stack games. Like, obviously, yesterday was the the first real, I think, just game where you saw progress from Fields and you felt good about him. So the next opponent, though, and, and on Thursday night, the guy, I started watching some of the Washington defensive line. That's different from what Minnesota is going to do. I'm going to tell you that right now in terms of pressure. And Fields said he felt most comfortable. The protection was good. You don't want to see this game be the one where it, it kind of takes things back because now there's no line. There's nobody blocking for him. But obviously, you want to come, you want to be at the end of the season, turn back like, oh, weeks four and five. That's where we saw to see Justin Fields feel in rhythm, feel comfortable in this offense. Distribute the ball to his playmakers, regardless if they catch the ball or not. He's making the decisions to do so and taking his eyes where they need to be. Like there was one pass over the middle of the field. I think it was a slant by Cole Komet where they brought the blitz. Right. Justin Fields threw into the blitz. He knew exactly where to go with exactly. it. Gave the ball to Komet. It's like that's good quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when that happened. It's like yes, that is exactly what you want to see because that's what teams are going to do to you. They know your offensive line can't hold up, and if you can dis distinguish where the blitz is coming from and attack the pressure man now you're now you're working now even when the odds are stacked against you fields is finding ways to still win that rep and that's that's going to be key and you know you just hope that these were the weeks that just turned it around a little bit for fields to be the quarterback that i think we all think he's capable of being he has all the tools we just need to see see those days just get stacked together here You're 100% right, Nick. When you go back and watch, he had multiple times where the blitzer came and he threw it where the blitzer came from. Mm -hmm. He's identifying that. But, you know, I'm going to flip it on its head because, yes, it was a turning point for Justin Fields. The only way we look back on it as the turning point is if Luke Getze continues to call these games the way he did for Justin Fields because in the first four games, they didn't trust him to spread it out four wide or five wide and let him read that blitzer only block with the the five offensive linemen. They're bringing two tight end sets in and additional blockers. And well, when you do that, you're bringing additional defenders into the box and you Mm -hmm. only now have, you know, two wide receivers or three wide receiver options, whether it's tight end or not to throw to against seven DBs. So now when you're going five wide, It gives Justin Fields more options. It gives the DBs now have to account for more players. And it gives also Justin Fields room to roam in the pocket. You don't have additional guys in the box. If the pocket collapses, he's able to get out of it like he did yesterday for eight carries for about 48 yards. So that's where 
they finally took the training wheels off of his understanding of this offense, spread it out and let him trusted him and the offensive line to an extent to, to, to move the ball down the field. And Justin Fields executed it perfectly, uh, especially in the second half, like I said. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's a turning point, but it's a punch counter punch league. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. Washington has a much better pass rush. Uh, Minnesota's defensive rankings are at the bottom of the league. They give up yeah. yards uh, like a sieve. Washington may be different. The next game they play against, uh, you know, whoever, Dallas or New England, it's going to be different every single week. And the talent deficiency that the Bears have is never going to change each week. Yes, we got Nikhil Harry back. You know, he's still got to work his way into the offense. You know, Bayless Jones has been back two weeks and he's gotten one snap as I have like a fuzzy on my on my chin or something anyway you know these guys have to work their way back and i'm sorry i'm add they're they're just popped out there but these guys had to work themselves back into the office so Nikhil harry is not going to save the day on thursday night welcomed addition without question when you consider the talent but you know this could that's why these moral victories might keep coming if justin plays well they're not going to win a lot of these games just because of the talent they have so Raiders up seven nothing. Torian, who who scored the touchdown? Love to know that. Vontae Adams. I have him also in oh. a like a six leg parlay. Touch anytime touchdown score. So there goes one. Let's do it. Yep. So yeah, it. I I'm just totally focused when it comes to Justin Fields on not just him but Luke Getzey, and he's growing into this role as an offensive coordinator and a play caller. So um, really really good signs, especially. And Cody Whitehair was out for the first time this week, so. That's also a huge plus that they were able to do that without him out there. He's a captain on this team. So uh, good signs, but not a guarantee they're going to do it on Thursday. Luke Getze has to continue to expand the playbook and be ready for that counterpunch, be ready for that adjustment because Washington's going to watch the tape. Just like I rewatched the game, they're going to watch it and they know a lot more than I do. They're going to know that they spread it out. Okay, how do now what let's bring exotic blitzes at Justin? Okay, he's recognizing the blitz. Let's throw some things at him that he won't recognize. Those are the things that they're going to have to continue to grow on little by little, and we'll see if Justin can do it. Awesome stuff. Real quick, Nick, I know you're gonna give some updates from Hallis Hall. I'm actually really curious to see if there's anything bigger than the Nikhil Harry news today, but real quick. Mason's been sitting here for a little bit. I figured, hey. why not just throw him on the screen? I don't want to waste his time. What's up, Mason? Hey, not bad. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, wow. Pretty I good, that man. Voice. It takes me Pretty. back. <laughs> right, good old days. Reunited, and it feels so good. Speaking of so good, look at that shirt, Mason. That's a sick shirt you got there. Yeah, pretty sweet company, right, that I was able to snag this from. Figured I'd throw it on for such a momentous occasion. Yeah, and for I those listening, it. it's the CHGO Bears QB1 shirt uh, that Mr. West here is donning on the show. It's great to see you, man. Uh, I have a lot of questions and the things I want to kind of pick your brain on. But first, Nick's been here, and I haven't gotten to his house hall updates, and I'm just really curious, what have I missed today? I was busy earlier. I don't know everything. So what should people know? Yeah, so we got a chance to hear from Maddie Refluce, David Montgomery, and Nicholas Moreau today. So I think the big thing with being a short week, how are the Bears going to handle this? And Matty Refluce, the big, the main priority is keeping guys fresh. And, you know, walkthrough is going to be tomorrow, practice the day before the game. 
And then just a lot of mental work and film study is going to be the emphasis of this week. And that's going to be with the coaches and independently, the, the coaching staff's kind of expecting these players on a short week to do their own due diligence in terms of watching the film. And, you know, Matty Rafflew said it after the game on Sunday, Hey, we got to, that, that game's done with like, obviously the Vikings, we, they didn't, they almost made the comeback, but now we got to move on to the Washington commanders here. So that's kind of be, that's the emphasis on this short week. He was asked a bunch about Justin Fields and he said they just look comfortable with where he's at in the offense right now. And that's why I think you saw what Justin was able able to do in that second half. He feels more comfortable with what he has to do, where he needs to go in a specific play, and it's just getting those reps with, you know, the guys that are out there. And like um Greg was saying earlier, like they didn't have Cody White here, so that's a big piece missing, but still Justin felt comfortable in that pocket and was able to make some plays. Um, also mentioned the poise from Fields um, in his press conference, but not like not anything too insightful. Will, if you were to, you know, fall off the face of the earth and nothing, not, you wouldn't be missing too too much from from uh, Monday's press conference from Eberflus at least. David Montgomery, um, he spoke a little bit today too, and he was uh he he said that like yesterday, despite scoring a touchdown on a third down run. Wasn't his best game coming back? I mean, look, he started off the day having his jersey, a typo in his jersey. He was asked about that. Like, when do you, when do you realize that? He's like, when I got my jersey. I'm like, okay. So I, I don't think he wants to talk about it too, all too much. But um, he said he didn't have his best game. He thought he could have ran the ball a little bit better. And, you know, he's still coming back from the ankle injury. But he says he does physically feel good, which is a good thing for uh, David. He was asked, too, about Darnell Mooney's one-handed catch, and it was kind of funny. He said the O-line was going downfield when it happened, and he's like, no, 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 everybody come back, come back. He Because, it, you know, when you're, like, in a moment where you see something, like, so spectacular that you don't think it's real? That's how David Montgomery kind of interpreted the plays. Like, wait, did that just happen? No way it happened. So he was telling the O-line <laughs> to come back, and then when he realized that Mooney had caught the ball, he said, Oh my God, he is disgusting. So he said Mooney does that all the time, though, in practice, and that him and Justin are always the last two people off the field. So even though he was surprised and initially thought it didn't happen, he didn't. He wasn't ultimately surprised that it did because of the plays that he usually does make um, in practice. He made and a then, similar catch at Family Fest. That yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So Mooney, Mooney's capable of doing that. Um, and the last, like, I guess, big takeaway from, from David Montgomery's press conference really quickly, he was asked, what are you most optimistic about? You know, after the loss, what, what are you most optimistic about with this team moving forward? And really, you just need the first two words. He said, Justin, Justin, really, that's what he's most optimistic about. He said, if your quarterback can be calm in hostile situations, I have no other choice but to be calm because he's the one calling the shots. So if he's out there calm and he's chilling, I've got to be in the same way. I can't flinch if he ain't flinching. So just the the presence that Fields has, how he's handling these games, it, it rubs off on the other players. Like even how he spoke to the media after the loss, you guys, it's a complete 180 from the Fields in that postgame presser to, you know, the Fields that was earlier on Wednesday that was really short answer and didn't feel like he wanted to be there. But his presence matters. How he handles things matters. And, you know, David Montgomery realized that and, you know, took exception to it. And then really quickly with, with Nicholas Morrow, um, you know, he, he said, like, what was the biggest difference between the first half 
in the second half in terms of the defense, not giving up 21 points. 21 to 3, they were down at one point. He said they made some schematic changes that definitely helped. And, you know, they were able to finally kind of pick up what the Vikings were doing. And when you have two, Nicholas Morrow said, when you have two good running backs and obviously a number one, you have to respect the run. So a lot of those boot and play actions that, you know, Kirk Cousins was able to complete 17 straight passes without an incompletion. It's just tough on a defense, and they know they got to start faster. Matt Eberflus has mentioned maybe we got to start faster in practice, and Morrow's like maybe that's what we have to do. But they are trying to work things out so they don't. So there's not such a big disparity between the first half defense and the second half defense because if they can get that together, David Montgomery said it like they can be a problem if they can get those two halves of football to look like the second one. Then maybe you got something there. Now, you kept talking about, like, you know, so fast. And I thought David Montgomery returned pretty damn quickly considering what the injury looked like. And we have Mason here, and I would just be, a you know, like, amissed. If I did not get your input, did it surprise you? How, I know you call him a cyborg, but did it still surprise you how quickly he returned from that thing? I mean, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. When I first saw the the play and looked back on it, I was like, okay, this is MCL and this is a high ankle sprain. Uh, and then there was a little, you know, disconnect whether what it was, you know, they had him listed as knee ankle. And then all of a sudden it was just ankle. He only ever talked about it as ankle. So maybe that's just the case, but even so high, high ankle sprain, the way that he, that impact occurred, I was thinking of that as like a five, six week recovery. So the fact that he came back as quickly as he did is pretty ridiculous. Like he has a history of that. You know, even last year uh, he had that MCL sprain that, he was only on the shelf a little bit. You know, Herbert stepped in and did a great job, but Monty came back and he came back real strong. Uh, earlier in that season, in the pre uh, preseason, actually, he had that adductor groin strain, and again, he missed like a week. It was it was absurd. I don't know what Wolverine factor he has going on, but he <laughs> honestly heals faster than than most people do. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. And yes, he didn't have a great game. I think you saw that he is still feeling a little bit of that injury. I mean, he had a couple good cuts, but he didn't have the explosion he normally does in that cut. And that's the problem that Montgomery's had. He's been working so much to try to get that top end speed better, to be able to not have to dance so much in the backfield. That's one of the reasons why him and Herbert complement each other so well. But he was definitely hampered, and we saw that. But, you know, short week, we'll see how he turns it around and if he can have a little bit more of a productive week. One more injury question uh, while you're here, because I have to do it. I did see that Jalen Johnson was projected to be a full participant in today's practice, uh, which I think is a really great sign for his availability come Thursday. For Bears fans that have been like frustrated with Johnson not being able to come back over the last couple of weeks with that, I think it was a quad injury. Uh, I know we don't know the severity of it, but like, what are some things as a professional athlete, someone at his position as to like why this may have taken a little bit longer than people would hope? Yeah, I mean... I would say like the most obvious thing would be in his back pedal. Uh, so when you're in that back pedal, right, like extending the knee, getting it to straight, that quad has to contract pretty hard. And then when you have to make a cut, so let's say you're in that back pedal, boom, stick that back leg and make a drive on the ball. Same exact thing. If you don't have that, if you have a good amount of pain, if there's swelling, because even just five cc's of swelling can inhibit the quad up to 30%. It's pretty gnarly. So if he wasn't fully back on that, there's no way he was going to be able to drive on balls there's no way he was going to be able to actually be able to drop into the zones he needed to and at the end of the day look at what our current season is is it would it be nice to have him out there would it have been great to have him be able to cover you know a justin jefferson type absolutely but we got to look at this in the long haul the bears have to as well 
you know, we saw what happens when people rush back. Bayless Jones, a great example of that with the aggravation he had for the hamstring. This is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about slowly, you know, bringing these guys back because this year is just about growth. It's not about that competition. Let the quad heal. And he should be back. I mean, I said that, I think, three weeks ago. I circled this game as the day that he'd return. Yeah, it was the I, Chicago Marathon, actually, on Sunday, now that you mentioned it. Yeah, that too. All right, uh, real quick, Greg, can you give us a message from Chi-Town Cornhole? Yeah, I absolutely can. I'm excited to do an ad read. They don't trust me to do, I do. many ads, but Will does. And I that's take it, I hey, I'm taking the training wheels off, the handcuffs <laughs> off. Yeah, go. we all got to grow. Never, I never got to do an ad read when I was with the Audible, so you know you're, you surpassed <laughs> me by a mile. It's a dangerous <laughs> game they're playing, but we're going to play it nonetheless. Uh, so, yeah, Chi-Town Cornhole, I want to tell you all about it. Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Uh, our Their signature box-style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, re- recessed in on the back, LED lights that light up the hole, which is really cool when you play, you know, late at night, uh, handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. Uh, they just really, really nice product veteran owned and operated. They can ship anywhere and offer local pickups. If you're in the Chicagoland area, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. You know, we had a couple uh, sets at the tailgate. We're going to have another tailgate coming up soon for CHGO Bears uh, for the Bears-Dolphins game here coming up in early November. So you'll be able to see those boards yourself firsthand. Uh, great Christmas present to get as the Christmas season is almost upon us. Get your get your uh, uh, Christmas shopping out of the way early and get yourself some shy town cornhole for your favorite friend or loved one. I added that on at the end. I that added good. that. Oh yeah. yeah, Greg, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> good let's go. stuff there. Uh, Chiefs missed a field goal. If you want an update on that Monday night game real quick. And uh, Tino is asking like, you know, Nick, like, why do we look like brothers? I mean, we are brothers of like the bears <laughs> assortment that has been uh, a thing before. And I think always will be, uh, but I don't know. You tell me. You hang out with someone long enough, you start to look like them. That's what they say. Even virtually, even yeah. like ninety-five percent of Nick and I's interactions have always been over some device, right? Over the years, and it's still kind of like to that. It's just crazy how that works. Mason, keep it up. We'll look like you one day, if and Justin then we'll all Fields, look together. If Justin yep. Fields throws for, let's give it a good number: three hundred and twenty-five yards and three touchdowns. Will and Nick need to go because everybody wants the Nick mustache back, but I want to double down. I think Will and Nick should go to the stash. I'll go to the stash too, but nobody cares about me. Will and Nick need to go to the stash. I think that's what the people want. Not putting you on the spot, but I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I'd do it. I'm just saying, like, you know, if I grew some hole, oh, sorry, if I grew some hair right here, you know, <laughs> a little help. filling. Yeah. Need a little yeah. filler. Uh, I'm tr- I'm trying. Uh, it just hasn't worked ever since I was like you know like teenage years. But <laughs> I wouldn't. I I would do it if Justin feels balls out. Like I don't mind going mustache. Oh yeah, I'll go. I'll go mustache the whole month of November if um if that's the case. I'll do it regardless if he does or not. But uh, I'm down. I'm down. All right. 
They're on the Nick, you hanging on? You're going to stay for the rest at this point? Yeah, I'm staying. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm good to stay. Because we're going to play is. another round Uh-oh. of Two Truths and a Lie, <laughs> Greg and Nick's favorite game that I introduced a couple weeks ago. I think I made it easier for you this week because I felt really bad that you guys were just like... My brain was hurting. Like, yeah, like I, I hurt you guys. One. Mentally <laughs> abused you. So we're going to try to tame it a little bit. Mason, you can definitely join in on the fun. I think we all know what Two Truths and a Lie is. I don't need to get too deep into it, but I'm going to give these guys... Three series of three statements, and they're going to try to diagnose the one false statement out of the three. So here we go. David Montgomery has a higher yards per catch than Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, and DeAndre Swift this season. Darnell Mooney's production is back into the top 15 category over the last two weeks with his 146 yards. And Justin Fields' adjusted completion percentage was third in the NFL this week with an 85%. Which one's the lie? Mooney one. We got one for Mooney. I'm going to say the, the last two were truths. Okay, the so the, the Montgomery having a higher yards per catch than Kamara, Pollard, and Swift, you think is the lie. Yes. Mason? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Mooney one. I mean, Alvin Kamara and Pollard and Swift have all been hurt and – um, on that last one, he feels balled out. I mean, he had the what fourth highest uh, QBR, I think it was. I, I believe mm-hmm. that. Yep. See, I told you I'm making it a little bit easier. It was the Mooney one. He's 17th, though, in the league oh. over the last two weeks. This is before the Monday night game, by the way. Uh, but he was 17th. So he's only two away from top 15, which again, showing you the progress that he's making with Justin Fields after a real abysmal start uh, to the year. All right, round number I gotta, two. I got a lock in here for number two. You got this. You're going to get one. <laughs> You're going to get one. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, Justin Jefferson was the first wide receiver to go for more than 100 yards against the Bears this year. EQ leads the Bears in yards per touch out of any player who has more than a single touch on the Bears. And then Dominique Robinson's eight run stops this year is top three in his rookie class. Which one is the fly? Uh, <laughs> oh, um, I'm gonna say the ESB. All stat. right, ESB. We got one for Sorry, that. The Justin Jefferson. He was. He's the only wide receiver, or well, the first this re- year. Yeah, to go for a hundred more against the Bears. That's that's true. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say the Justin Jefferson one. Okay. The third one. <laughs> it's uh, Dominique Robinson has eight run stops this year, which is true. And then uh, I had is it that is top three in his rookie class, which is still yet to be determined because I'm waiting for Nick to, to settle on one. Doing that one. Hey, you got it. It's, ah. He's actually no. fifth. It's a double he's... barreled stat. That's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I make the rules around here uh, for this game, but he is fifth out of his rookie class. So, uh, well, like run stops. Do you know who's ahead of him? Do you have that list? I did earlier. I closed that tab though to do this show. Well, <laughs> I, I want to know because that's the thing. I, I'll text I you later. What rookies would be outperforming? Okay, fine. But again, for edge guys in the rookie class, for him to be fifth in run stops after five weeks, ain't bad. I wonder if Kayvon Thibodeau is on there. The Giants guy, maybe? Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't know. So I'm, I'm going to pull it back up. Just, it's going to take like Hutch- 15 clicks, but I know where to go. It'll be all right. Hutchinson, is he doing well, better than him? Yeah. That's another Hutchinson's one. Hutchinson's been eh. And then who was the first pick last year? Um, 
He went to Jaguars. Yeah. Okay. okay. I got I got the list. Okay. There okay. We go. Here we go. We got Trevon Walker, <laughs> Jermaine sure. Johnson, Aiden Hutchinson, and Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Not those kid. are the those are the four ahead of him. And by the way, uh, he does uh, what Don Ramp has five. The two guys above him are tied for third with six. So he's like, you know, knocking on the door. It isn't like a large disparity. All right. One more round to bend your mind. Cole Komet, seven catches, is a top 10 number at the tight end position over the last two weeks. Justin Jones has more than double the tackles for a loss than the next guy on the Bears. And Kendall Vildor and Kyler Gordon has given up the same exact yards per catch this season at 13.7. Hell no, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm going to have to go Kendall, last Kendall's got, too. Yeah. Last uh-uh. one, last one. I'm going with Kendall as well. That's a lie. Kendall's my guy. It's true. They both give up 13.7 yards per catch, which is like, what are the odds? Uh, Like they give up different amount of catches, but 13.7 each. Yeah. Kyler's had to give up way more. Yeah, he has. It's just the, but the per reception allowed is the same exact Mm. amount of yards on average, which blows my mind. Justin Jones does have more uh, than double the tackles or he has, tackles double the tackles for a loss the next guy on the team he has six travis gibson's next with three we need mm, more tackles gotcha. for a loss guy yeah. that, that this is a one takeaway i got from that and cole Komet, that was the false one his seven was, catches i should have went eight. after cole yeah. I don't even that's like yeah. cole. that's the 11th best <laughs> tight end over the last huh? two weeks again this is before the monday night game we have waller and kelsey still to play but as the time of this recording, he was the 11th best tight end in terms of overall production with the seven catches over the last two weeks. A little easier. I got two. I got two. It's, I'll take Paul it. took a little step forward here this last week, you know, being the the hot route, you know, the blitzer mm-hmm. coming off, like Nick said, when Justin recognizes. So they hit him a few times in the seam. He fights through tackles well when he does get the ball in his hands. So. I'm just hoping for Cole to continue to stack weeks because third year, you know, it's time to uh, put up or shut up. Yeah. Without question. So I talked about it earlier about perspective about this team and how I think this is a year where just we're just trying to get a foundation in place. And the Bears did not spend really a lot of money in free agency. Again, I think they're the third least amount of money spent and it's a huge disparity of the guys in the top versus teams in the bottom like 400 million dollars difference for money guaranteed in contracts overall is a huge difference so we know it was the bargain bin approach for free agency so i wanted to do like a week five now that we're past it like revisiting of the free agency class guys that have been brought in and after five weeks like would you bring any of these players back because i think that's a very fair point as we start to like try to find those diamonds in a rough or just people that you can build a football team around and I did this list and then I thought, you know, this is actually pretty interesting to kind of look at. So do you want me to go one by one or should I list it? And you just tell me out of the list. I don't know the best way to approach this. Probably list it the whole list. And then, cause it, it might take a minute if you go through it one by one. Right. And we're already down to like eight left. So I, I like that approach. So we got Byron Pringle. And if I left anyone off, I'm sorry. It's, it's a long list. As we know, a lot of roster turnover. These are just some of the bigger guys. Uh, Byron Pringle, Riley Reef, Nicholas Morrow, Ryan Griffin, Matthew Adams, Dane Krukshank, Michael Schofield, Joe Thomas, Dante Pettis, Mike Pennell, 
Kari Blassingame, EQ slash ESB, Armand Watts, Ryan Griffin, and Nikhil Harry. Is there anybody you would bring back next season at this stage? Yeah, absolutely. Who? So off the top of my head, I would bring mm-hmm. back Kari Blassingame. He mm-hmm. is Same. I love I love Blassingame. I mean, even though he was potentially at fault for that initial penalty to start the last game. I mean, although I mean Nick does a great job of compiling some of the stats in terms of production when he's on the field. I mean, it's a different team. Um, I would right now, as things sit, I would redo I would still bring Nikhil Harry back. I mean, at the end of the day, you need a certain number of receivers. He's still a question mark. You use draft capital to get him. He's it's worth first round pedigree. He's worth seeing what you have at this point in time. And you know I I'm on the fence. Nicholas Morrow, he's been rough, but like, unless you have a surefire, this is who I'm replacing him with. I would I would also like consider bringing him back at this point. Those are the three that stood out to me without doing a deeper dive. Okay, uh, Daniel in the chat said EQ is worth bringing back. Does either Nick or Greg agree with that? Yeah, I agree with it. Um, you know, as a depth guy, he should be your fourth or fifth wide receiver not your second best wide receiver, you know, and that's kind of where the bears are at right now uh, trying to add to this wide receiver room. But yeah, he's a guy that could be at the back end of your wide receiver room to fill that depth because injuries always do happen. So I think Nikhil Harry is still a question mark. We have to see how he gels with um, Justin Fields. He had, you know, just very little time, right? He came in here right when training camp started. So um you know, just we got to see how that chemistry works out. But I'm totally with you, Mason, on uh, Kari Blazing game. I just love the addition of the fullback to this offense. So definitely a fullback, and why not just keep him because he knows the offense now and he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, some of the other guys that stand out, uh, Matt Matthew Adams, I think, has done a nice job on special teams. Um, you know, so I, I like him for as a special teams guy. Armand Watts uh, for depth potentially I think could be a guy that they keep. So aside from that, the rest of them, you know, maybe Nicholas Morrow, uh, you'd like to improve that room, but you need depth, as I said, with some of these Mm -hmm. other guys. So the rest of them though, they they can all go, you know, Brian Griffin's fine, I guess had a couple catches, but um, you know, Dante Pettis, he drops another catch and, you know, they can cut him next week. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really rough to listen to yesterday and then have to relive it today uh, while I actually watched it. Is there anyone listed, Nick, that someone hasn't mentioned that you would bring back, or is that it? Uh, I mean, we don't know what Byron Pringle is, and he has to be available at this point, and that's that's kind of the issue with him right now. And, you know, he was supposed to be, a, you know, a part of this offense, and as of right now, that, that hasn't really been the case. But I think Equinemius St. Brown, I think, is a guy that when you look at what he does for the offense, he's going in motion, getting handoffs, he's blocking down on linebackers, he's making himself available for Justin Fields, helping the wide receiver room with just Luke Getze's offense. So there's a lot of things that he brings to the table. So that would be a guy, if the Bears were to bring him back, I see exactly why they would. And Nicholas Morrow, for me, has been – not the player that I thought he would be initially in this defense, but that's I don't think his his story is like over. And, you know, we're four games in now, you know, five games in and going into six. So 
I think he's a guy, when you look at the, the linebackers, a lot of them will play special teams too. So you do need them for depth and obviously to have someone alongside Roquan. And we don't know what Roquan's future is going to be with, with the Bears as well. Not to say that Morrow is the answer by any means, but those are, I think, the two. And then everyone else is like, eh. We know this is going to be a completely different team in 2023. So if you're cutting ties with a lot of these guys, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. So Keep I in the roster. I listed 15 players that are new this season. And between the three of you, we were able to retain six. So that's a, a little over a third for Ryan Poles' first free agency class, knowing he's playing like, you know, two steps ahead where he doesn't want to put too much money and lock it up because he was waiting for 2023. You happy with like a 33% hit rate? I mean, the roster is so thin, you know, right now we're just talking about a lot of these guys as depth. Um, but at some point you want to upgrade those positions. You're not going to be able to upgrade every position. Uh, so I think that's part of the calculus here when it comes to talking about bringing some of these guys back. Um, but none of them are certainly, um, you know, like surprise signings that are, you know, difference makers, so to speak, quite yet. You know, can Kari Blazengame or Nicholas Morrow become those kind of players? Yeah, the rest of them are all role players and depth pieces. Think about when some of these guys were signed, right? A good chunk of them, like Dan Crookshank, were like super, super early in the process. Those are those are the guys you sign when, sure, you're a part of this for right now. We'll see how this goes. Or like really late, like a Dante Pettis, right? He was still hanging around in, in July, August. There's mm-hmm. a reason why that guy is hanging around. And, you know, it just shows, show again, like you were just saying, where this team is in, in that rebuild the kinds of players you're bringing in are the ones that you do want to try to, Hey, we need bodies. You're here. Here's some money. And then you move on. You know, it's, it's just not at that stage. Think about where Chicago was last year. Who's going to, who wanted to come here? It's someone who Mm -hmm. just needs the paycheck. You're not getting the vets who are trying to win a championship. Any of the guys who are good, good are either going to stay on their team or maybe you trade for that kind of a player. The ones that are available or are looking for big money. Bears didn't have big money, so you get left with the guys that no one really wants. I, I'm i not trying to be a polls apologist, but he filled the roster, and he filled it with people who could potentially work-ish. I think 33% is fine when you're looking at it that way. Yeah, the thing is, too, it's like you can't expect all this turnaround to happen in one offseason. No. Like you said, Mason, like that's the thing. They got guys that... Maybe there was upside. There were former first-round draft picks, or they weren't getting opportunities like Aquinigamus St. Brown with the Packers. So what can they do if they do have those opportunities? So you're taking some chances on some of these guys, but it, it makes sense that at the end of the day, a lot of these players, and now with the opportunities that they're getting with this young Bears team, if you don't want to resign, that's okay. There's not a lot of money tied to these people. And if they're not making an impact... You obviously have the next offseason to look what Greg was just talking about, get obvious obvious upgrades. So it's not the the worst situation to be in, even if it, a lot of these guys don't get retained. But it's a young football team. You got to see who can make the most out of these opportunities. And like an EQ is, Kari Blasting game is. And that's that's what you want to see out of just these, these guys that you are signing to these one-year contracts. 
Yeah. And again, that's helping solidify and put the groundwork for that foundation. The bears need to actually build this football team. And I'm happy with a 33%. Again, the season's still young. I just wanted to kind of do a check now. So that way we have something to look back to if things do drastically change and we can kind of put it into perspective uh, or if it stays the same, then we know it hasn't really changed all too much. All right. One final question. And I want to go, and I just want one word answers uh, I guess. <laughs> i'm not capable of that but you're I'll gonna try. do it here though you're gonna do it i want to know at this stage we're five weeks in we're past it are the bears better worse or right where you thought they would be at, at this stage when you go back and you think about where you were heading into week one better worse or the same brags you can do it <laughs> i can't do it they're yes, the same they're the, the same. same okay yeah they're right where i thought they'd be Mute. Then I will shut up. <laughs> Mason, what do you think, you? Will? Me? I think they're they're worse than what I thought they'd be because I put myself out of unrealistic expectations because I just pump my pump it up throughout the off season and I kind of get you know in that romantic honeymoon stage where you just think all things are possible. What but at the end of the word? Oh yeah, you're right. See, he did it. <laughs> I did it. That's the shocker of the show tonight. All right. Yep, you got me. Uh, <laughs> I'll say worse. I'll say worse. Um, when you look uh, at the defense, oh yeah, that's right. I'm not. I can't explain. It's just worse, right? It's, it's hard because you want to justify. Your I want to justify process. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mason. What do you got? Same. Okay. There we go. <laughs> we followed the rules. You did. Yeah, I, we, I, yeah, we I did. Broke the corner, these corners here. We got it. Yeah. You can't trust yeah. these two. No, it's such, if, if they hadn't played the way they did Sunday, yesterday, I would have said worse. Mm-hmm. But now they've righted the ship. They're back on track, right where they're supposed to be. The same. See, now I now I went back. Mason, you can explain now <laughs> since we all did. Yeah, do I? Can I get like a sentence since everyone else? Got, got you get a sentence. Yes. We all got a sentence. I say same because record wise, I expected it to be around here just because of the schedule and all that jazz. But I did think the offense would look more competent and that overall than they have been, and it would just still be losses happen because your team as a whole isn't that good. All right. Really well done. Mason, uh, you have a new podcast over there with the Windy City guys uh, called Bare Bones, which I was able to check out last week and I've enjoying it. And, you know, I'm going to, I think, hop on for your preview for a bit on Thursday, which would be a lot of fun. But you want to let people know where to follow you on social and what you're up to nowadays because, you know, we're not doing what we used to. Yeah, of course. I mean, you can see if you're watching the video right there at West Sports PT. Check, you can check me out there. Um, throwing out a lot of obviously background physical therapists, so uh, a lot of injury stuff, trying to predict uh, what's going to be happening. Right now, I'm sitting, sitting at about a 75% hit rate, which I'm pretty astounded by in terms of these activations and, and things like that. Like I said, I had Nikhil Harry circled for the Commanders game, things like that. So if you're looking for that, we have a segment which I think is pretty cool in there in the Bare Bones podcast, uh, like a fantasy one. So if you're Hey, this guy is hurt. Is he going to play? Should I play him? We're talking about those kinds of things. And like you said, preview. It's fun. There's a lot of puns. If you hate puns, don't tune in. So because, you know, you won't find it very humorous if you know what that bone is. So very good. Yeah, it, it, I, fun. Dad. I enjoy dad jokes. So that was solid. Yeah. So check it out. Um, it's it's a little bit of a mix of the injury stuff. Like I said, we got the the, the preview, a little bit of a reaction. And uh, Danny Meehan's on there, Chicago firefighter. 
he throws in his perspective on what he's seen when it comes to his exercise science background and everything. It's, it's a fun time. Awesome stuff, guys. It's been real tonight at this episode of CHGO Bears After Dark. Nagy said very good in the chat. Of course, right? (laughs) All right. I'm going to see everyone Wednesday afternoon with Nick for our weekly game preview episode. Uh, But until then, I guess I'm signing off. Bear down, Chicago.